podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slave, and thank you for joining us today. Loaded show, very excited. Ari Temkin, Big 12 Radio on SiriusXM, is joining us today, uh, making his second appearance on the show. We've got a variety of topics to discuss, including the possible return of college football scenarios that the Big 12 has talked about, uh, women's college football yeah that's 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 happening in the naia potentially uh which big 12 school should absolutely add a women's football team like it's fun Uh, and then just how uh, how those in sports media are handling this pandemic that's going on it's a it's a a big deal Um, it it sucks to see the number of people who have been furloughed uh, or or laid off because of this all i know is this some of the best places to get your sports news right now is in your email inbox especially from people from SB Nation. So before we get to all that, a few notes to hit on, a little bit of uh, spring cleaning, as you will. Uh, the border war is back, people. Kansas and Missouri have scheduled four-game series, home and home in 2025 and 2026, and another in 2031, 2032. Kansas and Mizzou are playing football again. Meanwhile, Texas and Texas A&M are talking about how they only need to focus on non-conference games against teams that win, which is really kind of like that Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man's pointing at Spider-Man. That's literally what it is. That's that's the level of pettiness we've reached to in this rivalry, which isn't really a new low. Let's Let's be honest. Oklahoma State running back Chuba Hubbard has been named the winner of the 2020 Cornish Trophy. That is the award in its third year that goes to the best uh, Canadian in NCAA football. He beat out his teammate, Eamon Ogbong-Pamiga. Uh, he beat out the two-time defending winner, Nathan Rourke, quarterback from Ohio. He beat out uh, Neville Gallimore from the University of Oklahoma. And uh, last but not least was a guy from Notre Dame. This is a Big 12 podcast, so I'm not even going to say his name. 
Um, <laughs> sorry to be that petty. A lot of representation in the state of Oklahoma, but Chuba Hubbard getting that. No huge surprise there. Congrats to him. He's going to have a potentially big season whenever we actually get the season on the way. Big 12 Media Days, which was scheduled for AT&T Stadium this year, July 20th and 21st, is going digital. It's going virtual. That's uh, pretty much what every Media Days we've seen so far. The Mountain West had already announced that that's, that's what they were doing. A number of conferences decided we hope to be part of Media Days for the Big 12 again this year, like we were last year. Had a great time. Obviously uh, going to miss out on getting to shake hands with people, uh, see some people face-to-face we've had here on the pod, and and, and some great uh, sports journalists who covered the Big 12, but uh, it also might be nice to be able to show up in my sweatpants and, and still get to talk to coaches. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out when it comes up. Uh, one last thing that we're probably going to take next week off. Just want to let you know now, don't be looking for a 10, 12 episode in your wherever you get podcasts. Just going to take a little bit of break for, let's say, some mental uh, well-being amidst everything that's been going on. Uh, but we uh, we will work very hard to line up some really nice guests. Don't forget, we are on Instagram now. That's 1012pod, T-E-N-1-2-P-O-D. Uh, we are going to have some exclusive stuff with Brian Ralph that we recorded earlier this week, uh, some video that I'm going to upload there. It's taking me longer than I thought. New things are hard. Okay, let's just let's just say that. Now, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Make sure, however you listen to the show, uh, if you would do us a favor, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Five stars, please. Uh, Reviews are great if they are funny or not. I really don't mind. Uh, If you didn't check out our last episode with Josh Briscoe and Andy Mitz, jokingly trying to match up players with potential advertisers, uh, there's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek. Shout out to Levi Stevenson of Wide Right Natty Light. He was one I considered having on, but had we just had him on, uh, just beforehand, I decided to not do so, but uh, he came in with Charlie Brewer for Amway Neutralite Memory Builder. Oh, poor Charlie Brewer. How many concussions he's had now. Uh, it's partially funny and partially maybe too soon. I don't know. If you have a really good comparison, if you've got a good one that's funny or serious or great that you like, let us know. Shoot us on Twitter. 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Uh, shoot it in DM. I tweeted at us. I want to see everything that you guys have. Um, be funny. Be mean. Be serious. Let's have it. Okay? I look forward to seeing those. Uh, I'll shout some out on our next pod whenever that happens here in a couple of weeks. So with all that said, Ari Timken here today. Great interview. Lots of fun. Perfect way to go out before a short hiatus. Uh, let's get to it. All right, it's his second appearance on the show, but first time to actually talk sports and not just draft random Big 12 things. Ari Temkin uh, from Big 12 Radio and at Sirius XM joining us today. Ari, welcome back, man. Thanks for having me again, buddy. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, the daughter is asleep, so I have to like keep my volume at a certain level. Totally. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, she's fantastic, and I'm happy to read her, her bedtime story, but I really don't want to read a bedtime story again. I like to just go about my... Night, get my things How, done. How's your wife with, with volume when the kid's down? Like, is she a constant shusher? I mean, is it more you being conscientious of it? Like, where? No, I'm more conscientious of it. Like, I really try to be not like I'm, I'm worse about it during naps. Um, oh, totally. Of course. Because but, naps um, are once they're up, it's over. Oh, <laughs> and it's the worst thing ever. Once they're awake, there's no, there's no going back to sleep. And we're at one, you know, she's, she's 15 months. We're at the one nap of the day. 
So that nap needs to be two to two and a half hours. Like it has to be. So when that app is an hour, especially if it's, you know, especially like right now, my wife's working like two days a week. If my wife's here and she naps an hour, sorry, honey, I'm here in my office. Uh, don't bother me. I'm working. You need me. I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I feel bad. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. So try to try to be conscious of the fact that, you know, the walls aren't like paper thin, but it's, she's a child. She can hear things. I mean, we did a good job of when she was young. You know, we were told the rule of like, be normal when they're tiny. Right. When they're newborns so that they're used, used to, to sound. Totally. Like run the vacuum, do the dishes, do all this stuff so that when they're older, you're not having to be like carefully placing each individual spoon into the dishwasher as careful as possible <laughs> not to make a clink for, you know, like we run a robot vacuum. The dog can bark. It's fine. Yeah, with my first, I have two, um, and my first, my wife was just crazy about noise, and it was like, I would say to her, like, you know, it's it's one of the things you want to create the, you know, the idea that there's noise that way that they're used to it, but no, that just, I mean, and even not just for naps, but even at night time, it was like shh, so it was just the war. I I couldn't watch TV in the house at night. It was just it was unbelievable. So. The second kid had become so much more lax. So now, I mean, there's just a ton going on in the house with the second kid down, you know, but not for naps, for not for not for naps. There's still major shushing going for naps because naps, that's it's prime time, especially during quarantine. Holy crap. Holy crap. I mean, that's just that's that's the ultimate time. Do you need that? You as a, a parent need that yes. like, break. You need the middle of the day break. Yes. Yes. You love the kid, but after a while, you're just like, all right, um, go to sleep. Yeah. No. Just let me sit here. And watch TV and eat lunch or whatever, it, but just let me just. We were not yeah. built to parrot this much. <laughs> we were not like we're nobody had to, nobody's ever had to parrot this much unless it's like, you know, the early 1900s when they had kids just to like help out in the farm. You know what I mean? Like, but you farmed all day and you put them <laughs> right you, exactly. Right. With this, it's like all day and the kids are just like constant activity. So it's like, what are we doing next? It's like next. Just put the TV on. Like I've never felt worse, but. Never felt oh, worse, yeah. but also like don't care about how bad I feel about how much we're watching TV. But it's like, it's just endless. It is endless. We've been so careful at TV, but now she like she she'll grab the remotes and bring them over to you. Like, okay, <laughs> it's like it's too. It should, but she'll do it like we just had breakfast. And it's eight o'clock. She's like, okay, and it's like you get maybe an hour a day. We're not wasting half an hour at eight o'clock at eight a.m. There's no way, and you get one Sesame Street and one Daniel Tiger at most. That's it. We're not doing that at eight o'clock. We got a whole lot of time left, so don't even. We take a lot of walks. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of here. Sit in your chair, and we're gonna wheel around the neighborhood, and that's gonna take twenty minutes. And I'm gonna think in the back of my mind that it's taking an hour, and I'm gonna be disappointed every time. But we're still gonna do it. Yep. By the end of this episode, we're gonna be singing Daniel Tiger songs. And may I recommend? Yo Gabba Gabba, it's not on anymore, but YouTube it. Yo Gabba Gabba, really good show. It's if you're into music, it's mm -hmm. it's a show that you'll really get to do because the music's good. It's 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 actually it was made by like musicians who just decided to put on a kids show because they thought all the other kids shows were bad, and so it's 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 a good show. I highly recommend it. If you're looking to add another song to the or, uh, show to the rotate, Yo Gabba Gabba, check it out. It's also kind of yes. reminds you of an acid trip a little bit, so that's kind of cool. I'm I'm aware of it, but I don't think I've ever ever watched it. Yet. So the wife does Daniel Tiger. They do Daniel Tiger together, and and then we do Sesame Street because I'm going to be honest. I don't care that Sesame Street's for kids. Um, it's amusing. It is very um, amusing. And there's there's a bit 
that Cookie Monster and another monster named Gonger have a are monster foodies and they own a food truck and they have to make things and the, the It's amazing. The run of the bit is that they always are missing an ingredient, usually because Cookie has eaten all of it. Um <laughs> Or the one time they ran out of butter because he apparently decided to grease the floors of the truck with the butter, which makes absolute sense. Um, so they always had to go somewhere and get it and come back and make it. And Gonger, like, oh, it's like, banana, which is how we've taught my daughter to say banana. So she goes, na, 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 na. It's like, great. That's your third word. Actually, that's the fourth word. First it was mama. Then it was cat, cat, cat. Then it was dada. And then it was banana. Na, na, na. So um, all I know is Cookie Monster's food truck bit never doesn't amuse me and i don't care how old i am that stuff cracks me up there is like, those some, jokes are not for children there is some those really jokes funny are for stuff adults. there is some really funny stuff baked into sesame street no doubt about that and they i mean they are conscientious yeah. of adults having to watch the show all the time i appreciate that yeah i do too for sure for <laughs> okay sure. so uh we're like six and a half minutes in and we haven't talked sports yet so we should probably go ahead and sports just do what sports i know i, know. <laughs> I remember when we There's, used to have sports don't do you? Uh, I mean ESPN's putting on like Korean baseball now and I know it's not a shot at Korean baseball. Who's your team? Don't you you have a team yet? I don't there's I don't. I know there's a team called the Dinos whose whose mascot's like Swole Dino or something. Like he's got like a big chain or something or other. And apparently that's not even his name. That's just what Wikipedia gave him. <laughs> I I'm like any 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 team with a dinosaur mascot I'm fine with. I mean it's it's nothing like the Montgomery Biscuits, but I'll take a dinosaur mascot at any time. Anytime. SK wyverns, which I was really interested to find out what a wyvern is, and then I found out it's a type of dragon. So I'm all in on the SK wyverns. Oh, dragons! Mm. Yeah, those wyverns. Stuff. I'm I'm all in on the SK wyverns. Can't wait to watch the game I, tomorrow at 4:30 in the morning. I hate to go back to kids, but like our daughter's room is she's got a set of pajamas, which is like all my favorite animals for her. It's uh, dinosaurs, uh, unicorns, cats, and llamas, and I'm like I don't care. Those those animals are all allowed in our house as much as because we have our second daughter coming. Okay, uh, in July. Thank you. So I'm like, those are the animals. Are good. You're gonna like dinosaurs. One of you is gonna be a female paleontologist. <laughs> damn it. Okay, it's just gonna happen. <laughs> just make it happen. It's funny how when you have kids, like you just constantly, like if they show an interest in something, you're like, well, they're gonna be this. Perfect. It's like all throughout their childhood. Like my four year old, like he's. In my in my mind, he's been a hundred things over the course of his life already. Because it's like, oh, perfect. He's he, he's interested in basketball. He's gonna be a basketball player. Then like three months later, you throw the like the basketball hoop is literally outside now behind me, uh, because he doesn't like to play basketball anymore. So it's like, all right, what's it's just it's just the cycle of like he's interested in this. Perfect. He's gonna be that. You know, he puts on a tutu. Great. He's gonna be a ballerina. Awesome. Great. <laughs> perfect. Oh no, she's her only favorite things have been. Anything that was the color purple for the first, like, nine, once she could start playing with things for the first, like, six months. Like, she just, any any small thing that was purple she could pick up and carry on, she would. Now it's pretty much just, like, trash. Trash. She loves garbage. She loves to pull things. She's got a drawer in the bathroom of things that won't break if she grabs them, like Q-tips and lens cleaners and toothpaste, things like that, you know. Um, she loves just anything small that she's just not a toy that she can not carry like around all day. Q-tips she finds outside, like, randomly on the street, right? No, 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 not like, not like used cigarettes, just like okay, trash. Good, and they're like, good. oh, is this junk mail? Here, have this. She'll carry it around for three hours. And she's like, this is the best thing ever. I'm like, I, we literally brought, bought you these blocks because dad wants to build blocks with you and things. You're like, Psh, blocks, build me a tower, dad, so I can knock it over and then run around with the mail again. I'm like, cool, whatever. All yep, right. exactly right. Yeah, it's the so, thousands of dollars on toys and it's the Q-tips and the empty <laughs> bottles of, to- of, of toothpaste they love. It's the best. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the Big and Twelve. Yeah, the so the Big Twelve. Yeah, Big Twelve. So we'll start with uh, something that came out uh, late last week. Um, the Big Twelve has reportedly discussed some some options as far as when the college football series gets back going. This is uh, Kansas State Athletic Director Gene Taylor was telling us to the Wichita Eagle, and they laid out seven different scenarios. And I've been trying to think of like how to talk about these. Uh, we were going to rank them over at Land Grant Gauntlet, and I probably still will because I think it's a fun idea, and I like to rank things, and it's not like we have anything else to write about. So if you're like, that's a dumb idea, I'm like, well, come up with a better one. Um, it's a power ranking world. We uh, it is, On Big yeah. 12 Radio, we do we have power ranking Wednesdays, and we always power rank the top five teams of the Big 12, either football or ba- basketball, depending on the season. And then we power rank something random because it's we're just a power rank, bunch of power ranking fools in this world. That's all we do. We get, it's not enough to have things. You have to rank them accordingly. And so yes. so let's power rank them. I'm down. Okay. So let's go through the seven options okay. to kind of figure out. Uh, obviously, number one, option one is going to be the number one, which is that the season starts as scheduled the way it's supposed to be. We just – None of this has mattered. Yes. The season's going as normal. Yes. That's obviously what everybody wants. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, option two is the start of the season is delayed until late September and concludes in December. Uh, option three is the season starts in October with non-conference games eliminated, which, eh, all right. Uh, option four, Texas LSU. season starts. There's some good ones. Yeah. No, there's some ones West Virginia I would really... opens up the season with... Uh, f- Ma- is it Maryland? No, it's Florida. Florida st- it's a re- Florida State. I think it's Florida State. Okay. Yeah. It's like a really good one. Like there's some good ones, but yeah, go, but go on. Okay. So option, option four is the season starts in September with non-conference games limited. So basically three and four is start date is different, but uh, no non-conference games. Uh, Five is the start of the season is delayed until January of 2021. Option six, the season is delayed until March of 2021. And option seven, which uh, Taylor admits is like the least likely someone just, Thought they had a great idea. Uh, the season runs a split calendar with teams playing six games in the fall and six games in the spring, which is like, you know, watching your usual TV shows with a massive winter cliffhanger. Right. We don't yeah, that's exactly right. December. So looking at these options, obviously option one, as we said, the way they're supposed to be is the, what we would we would all love to happen and, and anyone who tells you they know what's going to happen at this point is lying. Yeah. Uh, smart people tell you the truth, which is, I don't know. Don't know. Um, also, for any, if you're someone who has been on Twitter and has gone after a sports journalist saying, "Yeah, well, you guys don't want sports to come back," I, I it's like an alcoholic being like, "No, no more beer." <laughs> are you freaking kidding me? Like, how stupid are you? Yeah, I don't want football back. I love, I love this. I, I hope you're all miserable with no sports while well, I have to continue to watch old games. Yeah, it's just uh, like an endless news cycle of reporting what could happen. Like ev- literally every NBA reporter, NFL reporter, Major League Baseball reporter, college sports reporter, like they're all reporting the same story just in different ways about like, well, it could be this, it could be this. Like nobody wants that. Nobody no, wants nobody, that. Nobody wants it. So uh, let's say of these options here, option one is eliminated. Something happens and the season's not going to start uh on on time um of the options and i'm gonna which one which one do you works best for you i would say option two Uh, so i'll start by saying i think option two is the most likely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again given that i know like you nothing um yeah no we don't if you think i'm smart enough to know anything you are wrong. <laughs> I've got an opera house in Australia to say. <laughs> but I mean, like, based on the idea of 
somewhere between four and eight weeks that they'll need once they get on campus to get ready for games. Yeah. I, I, I just think it's becoming more and more unlikely that the season will start on time, especially given timelines of like college campuses being open and Bob Bowlesby basically saying they're not going to have any football activities or any, any sports activities unless campuses are open, regardless of what, uh, what Mike Gundy would say. So I think option two is the most likely, but again, I don't really know. Right. Um, so it might be option three. That's the most likely too. But I also think like, it seems like it should get better over the course of the summer, but I think the the biggest issue potentially is what Bob Bowlesby also keeps bringing up, which is this thing could co- come back once flu mm-hmm. season comes around. And so once we get yeah. into the thick of football season, and that's where option seven might actually have some legs. Does it feel – I think there's two different things here. A, uh, even if we have fans, I don't think it's going to be normal sellout crowds. Um, I think it's very I think me, it's very unlikely there will be fans. Which is why I look at it and say, does it make more sense to have a split season? Because that just the, – the logistics of splitting the season into two halves doesn't feel like it's a plan you would go into it with. Totally. It's a plan that you're forced totally. into because you have to. You start playing in September, mid October comes, and all of a sudden there's a massive spike, and we just. But at that point, you doesn't it just seem more likely they just cancel the rest of the year and be like, well, we got what we got, and there's no national championship, but hey, we got six football games. Like I just, I just have a hard time seeing them trying to figure out the logistics of starting the season back up, getting all of that planned. Um, you, you'd be back to square one of, we don't know each state's handling it differently. We don't know what's going to be like, I just, I have a hard time seeing them plan option seven or even having to do it out of necessity. It just feels like it would, we would have the first half and it would go as long as it went, then it would just be done. It would, I think given what happened with the conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament, given what happened with the NBA, like it makes sense they're really unprepared for how to play out the rest of the season or how to, you know, how to figure it out. Like the NBA is trying to figure it out. It's like, it's hard to think the NBA is going to come back because they, they went into it cold and have no idea how to, how to get out of it. Right. Like the fact now that you know, there's an expectation here of, Hey, if we start, if we plan on starting the season at the end of September and, and, they like they have to have a contingency plan in place where like the NBA or college basketball couldn't because they couldn't have foreseen this coming, but college football can and needs to. So I think to your point, like they have to plan it out to say, okay, what happens in October and November if we all of a sudden this, you know, if, if a player tests positive and now it's like, we have this, do we have to shut it down? Like they have to be able to have contingency plans to say, we think we can launch this back up in February or March and crown a champion. But Phil, yeah. they're they're going to get their season because they have to. Oh no, absolutely! Like football will be played right some way, shape, or form. Now I, I they're going to force Jan- it. January makes more sense than March. Like I can't. It, like the problem with March is if you force it back to March at a certain point, if something goes wrong in March, there is no season. Right. Like right. that, that feels like really that option six feels more like it should be option seven. Like option seven feels more realistic than six. If we got six games in September, October, we paused it and then we'll come back in March. Like, okay, we could probably swing that, but there's no way if you hold off a 12 game season until March, that that's going to happen because there's no, there's no way that works. 
because yeah. the, what, what is, happens when it, it gets canceled then and what you're going to try and do it again in June, the year's over. It's done. Right. You're gone. Right. You've lost it. No, I agree with you. And also then there's the whole idea of the NFL draft and the NFL part of this. Like, what are you going to do with the NFL draft happening in April? They're clearly not yeah. going to move that. So I, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I, I guess I just wonder, like, what do games look like without fans? You know, like, how bizarre is that going to be? Because from a, as excited from a as we are to have games, as excited as we are to, like, let's play football. Like, we all agree there. But how weird is that going to be to not have fans? Because I, I do think, like, I think we're looking at an NFL season without fans. Because mm-hmm. I think, and maybe I'm, again, I don't know anything. But there's not like going to be a bell that's going to go off. Be like, it's, all right, everybody ready? Like, go out. Everything's safe. Like, there's. I think we're all yeah. waiting for that moment where it's like everything's safe. Go out and do what you want. Like, it's it's already happening. Where states start to open up, some people feel like, okay, I can go out and do things. Other people are going to are going to you know more people are going to stay at home and not and not and that's this is going to continue for a long time. It yeah. is until there's a vaccine and reasonable you know reasonable ways to test people like. That's just how this is going to be. So I, I think sports, again, I don't know anything, but maybe for the next year, we're looking at sports potentially being without fans. And I think that most impacts college football. Um, yeah, because college basketball, most most games are played without a lot of fans during the regular season anyway, so that's right. not as big a deal. Right. You could say the same thing for the NBA, Major League Baseball. Uh, but for college football and really the NFL, I mean, I know there's some NFL teams that can't sell out their stadium. Uh, Jaguars, um, but <laughs> I don't. But even like the Cowboys, like I, you know, I do the Cowboys games, and that environment's not. Sure. It's not a good environment. I mean, there, there's more Cowboys fans across the country than any other fan base in all of sports, I think. But it's not a good environment. ATT Stadium for for Cowboys games, like not. No. It does get close to games in the Big Twelve or the SEC or the Big. I mean, you know, Big I, Ten. NFL. According to that, it's like Green Bay, like Green right. Bay, Kansas City. Those those are places where the fan base is rabid, and it's mostly the fans of the team. But yeah, I mean, you. I mean, Kansas is used to playing without a lot of fans and stands. But totally. I mean, if you think about it this way, the the importance that the fans play in momentum in game, something positive swings, and you get the fan base on your side and up and active and loud and crazy. That helps motivate a team, right? How without that there, how does that impact games? Do you have the big emotional swings? How crazy would it be to find out that those big emotional swings can happen without fans? Right. And thus we find out, did the fans really matter all that much in the first place? Right. Which is something I've argued for a long time. But I will say that even, even without knowing the true answer to that question, maybe we'll find it out. Like in football, fans impact the game by noise because offensive teams can't hear calls or – you know, they, especially in, in the era of where we are, where you're usually getting the, the play call at the line of scrimmage. And then if you need to audible, like crowd noise is going to play a major role in that. So, mm-hmm. but I also just think the crowd, like even if the noise doesn't impact the outcome of the game, it's just the whole aura of college football is about the, the experience, the fad, the pageantry. When you're talking about Stillwater, Oklahoma and Lincoln, Nebraska and, and the, like, that's all Starkville, Mississippi. Like that's all that matters in these towns is these football mm-hmm. games. And it's not like Dallas or Los Angeles or Chicago where there's so much going in New York where these NFL games matter and fan there's fans, but it's just not the same for major metropolitan areas would compared to small college towns whose identities are wrapped up into that team in those sports. 
Well, it's not just the identity. I <clears throat> so um, long story short, I, I went to OU for a couple of years, um, and Ooh. I worked. At, yeah, I I am I am Devils. an OU grad who's an OSU fan. Um, I've addressed this before. I, I'm allowed to have my fandom after being in Norman for two years as an OSU fan and taking all the shit I had to take. Anywho, <laughs> so I worked at a bar there on there on off of campus. Um, I just went brain dead. Where every, everyone knows brothers. If you go to Norm, if you've been to Norman, if you know, there's you, a, you know there's a brothers, brothers in, at, in Lawrence too. Okay, so I, I worked there, and and the, honest to goodness, great sandwiches. Like, they have sandwiches the, of the, the brothers there too. Oh, no. This wasn't the different brothers. No, that's no, no. This different. was just a dingy. No, that's right. They had park. wings. Anyways. Brothers was wings. I remember they had like 10 set wings Tuesdays. Anyway, sorry. Um, sorry. It's okay. But like 60% of that place's yearly income was from football season. They made 60% of their annual profit from six home games. So think about that for a second. If And that's from because fans were there. Now, it was 52 people, weeks in a year and they made... 60% of their revenue from six of those 52 weeks. That's and I don't crazy. think they're alone in that. Like I no, think that's for sure. that the impact of college football games for local economy, college town, college town. College. Like if your college is in a big city, it's not that big a deal. But if you're a college town, a Stillwater, a Norman, um, Lubbock, Tol- like, uh, you know, Lubbock, Lawrence, Ames, like right. those the economic impact of having fans there. Now, even if fans are in the stands, I, they're still going to probably, unless they shut down tailgating, you're going to have tailgating. People are going to come there. You're going to be in town because you still want to be close to the game while it's happening. But not having fans in stands at all isn't just, I mean, the the impact on those college towns' economies is going to be drastic yeah. for all of them. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, my assumption is you don't have fans or, but they're going to try and figure out how to have some. I just like, that's the other side of this of no fans. We keep talking about no fans. I'm like, if there's no fans at all, I worry about the economies in these college towns from it. Like, yeah, they need that for these universities, athletic departments to continue to manage. But you're going to see places in towns where have to have already gone through everything they've gone through here and lost all the money from the businesses having to be closed. Especially you're a bar. Good grief. Most of them aren't right. so able to open up. Right. I'm, I'm fine with that decision. That's not me complaining about the decision in any way, shape, or form. But the economic impact they've already had, if they don't get home games with with full crowds, that's that's not good. Well, and es- that's not good at and all. And especially given what you just said, which is like you're at that point as a business trying to make up all the losses for these months that you're not creating revenue. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, at least we'll have football season and and hopefully, you know, that will 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 help to to you know rise the revenue for us over the course of the year. But like I just think that they're are so many implications here that we're not even accounting for that we won't really know until we potentially go through it. And I don't know. I mean, sports is such a part of the fabric of our society, college sports, especially I'm, I'm just, I don't know how, I guess I'm curious to see if there is, if sports is as fun in an empty stadium, because I think from a watch, like forget about if it impacts on field at all. Maybe it does, maybe it sure. doesn't, right? But watching games, like the impact of the crowd, it's it's tremendous, you know? Like it, you just can't downplay that. So I just, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Because again, I think, I think the most likely outcome is that they're going to play games just without fans. I'm really curious watching on TV what it's like and when 
at what point do they try and start pumping in pre-recorded fan noise right. on TV to cut mask the fact that there's no one there? Because if I'm in a bar watching the game, like right. you're having a conversation, you're you're doing other things, you're paying attention to the, the game on the field, but that like you could you could not have fans and probably not realize it. But they and, cut and the, the okay. cut to the fans' reaction on TV. You know, like I can't wait for the pre-recorded. They're just gonna fake it. <laughs> they're gonna have they're gonna be fan B-roll from years past. You're gonna be like. Was that me? I haven't been there in like ten years. What's what? <laughs> what game was that? I don't even remember being there for that. Oh, I was hammered. Like that's gonna be wild. I can't. I can't wait for just like you know. Let's just have some fun today. Uh, there haven't been fans here like this since the eighties. Let's pump in some fan <laughs> B roll from nineteen eighty seven. That's perfect. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I do think if it's noise, if it's if it's the cutaways to the crowd, like there's just such a role that the crowd plays in games and the aesthetics mm-hmm. of the game mm-hmm. that is if it's missing is just I don't know I don't like it's gonna it's gonna impact the game and I'm not gonna, that sports won't be as fun but sports won't be as fun. It won't. It won't. Um, okay, so I, I don't want to talk coronavirus stuff anymore. So let's talk about this. Um, obviously, you see some schools dropping sports, um, but there are 13 schools in AIA specifically that are adding. Sports, 13 schools are going to be adding women's football. Now, understand this is flag football. It's seven on seven. Um, but 13 NAI schools in Kansas, Missouri, Cal- Georgia, and California. Apparently, the NFL actually approached yeah. both the NCAA and the NAIA about trying to launch these teams. Um, they are Brilliant move by the 15, NFL. Oh, $15,000 grants to the first 15 NAIA programs to start teams. They realized it was easier to start an NAIA than the NCAA, so that's where they went with this. I, I love this. I think it's great. I think it's fun. And for those of you who have not yet subscribed to Matt Brown's newsletter, I don't know what you're doing. Just do it. He had a great write-up. It is in the one you have to pay for, so you're going to have to go pay for it. Just go do it. I, it's Matt Brown makes you it. pay for his Matt newsletter? Brown. Oh. In, so he okay. does oh, yes. the free ones, but he started adding extra ones. Smart football. Subscription ones. Yeah, he's great. Um, oh, he's fantastic. We've had him on our show. Love having him on. Um, it's like, why, is Matt Brown charge, why is Matt Brown charging for his newsletter? No, Matt. No, no I know. Matt, I know. Matt I know. I know. Because uh, he just, yeah. Anyways, um, so I got me just, you know, gears are turning. If women's flag whatever football came to the NCAA, which Big 12 team would you most love to see add a women's flag football team? Well, Kansas, obviously. <laughs> so we can have a winning football program. Um. Who would be the? I mean, it, I think Texas would probably be the best. Texas should be the best. Well, I mean, they should be the best in men's college football, but you know, here we are. Well, but Oklahoma goes and poaches all their best, some of their best prospects. So, <laughs> in this case, right, Oklahoma doesn't have that same history to be able to poach the, no. the Texas prospects. So, I'm still assuming that Texas would still have to say the best football prospects, even if it's women's football. So, Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor. Like they should, <laughs> they should be the best at this. Would Baylor allow that? I just, no. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I would never. I'm not. I'm, I, the list of schools. I don't care. If this is a Big Twelve challenge. To be fair and balanced, Baylor is on the list of schools my daughter's not allowed to go to. She wants a nickel from me, so uh, we'll just we'll just go ahead and put that out. I'm sorry, that. Baylor. I, do. I don't have any Baylor listeners. It's fine. This will be the second <laughs> podcast I do with you where I'm getting hate tweets from somebody. <laughs> second in a row was some guy from Liberty <laughs> University who's just like demanding we oh give Liberty gosh, University yes. justice. 
oh my gosh, he was just, he just wouldn't stop. Like it was the, it's like, where do you start, Jerry Falwell? I mean, it's like, go on. Like I can't I don't have enough fingers to count all the ways in which Liberty is a disgusting university. But yeah, I there's a school that should have a women's. Uh... <laughs> this is the new, okay. This is the new shtick from now on. Ari, every time you're on, we're just going to find a way to make fun of, of Liberty. Every time, um, just, just somehow rip on Liberty. Who else would be? Who else would be good? Who else would I want to see? I mean, Hawaii, West Virginia. Could could we have? I mean, just can you imagine the West Virginia team coming out loaded on moonshine, <laughs> riding atop a flaming couch onto the field? Because that's how you have to do it. You can't like if you're gonna do it, you got to do it like XFL arena football yeah. style. And I don't mean like lingerie league. I'm not trying to be sexist here. Right. I mean, like if you really want to do right. it, like basketball. Like have fun with right. it. Like ha- let the women have fun. Like don't take it too seriously. And that's not to say that they aren't serious athletes. I'm not. This is not a, just like if you want to sell tickets for it, have fun with it. Let it be fun. Don't make it be like too serious. Well, that was my question. Is do you think there'd be interest in it? Would there be interest in it? Um. Yes. Do I think it would be college football level interest? No. no. Do I think? As we see women's collegiate basketball continue to become more and more popular, um, as we see bigger athletes come from it, more talented athletes, yeah. Do I think it would take some time? Sure. Um, but I think it's football. And I think, I, I mean, even women's flag football, I think there would be some. And I think it would take time to build an audience. I think you'd have to, you're always going to have a-holes on Twitter who are trying to trash it right. because it's women playing football. Right. But, I mean... I've seen some of the women's football leagues. You want to say that to their face quite ahead. I, right. They will. They will crush you. Um, I mean, even the lingerie football league. Like you're right. It's 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 bizarre because it's very sexist. But at the same yes. time, like they're these are premier athletes. Like they're there's some good football players in the lingerie football league. Like yeah. it's it's exciting to watch. Not you know, aside from the whole lingerie aspect of it. But I think it would be more successful in college than it is outside of when they try and have startup leagues because like everything else in college you you become attached to it because it's your school yeah. team and if your school's team is good you will be care about it and brag about it i mean heck totally. ou fans don't give a crap about gymnastics but they love the tout that their right. women's gymnastics team is awesome right. which they are that's not a shadow women's always women's gymnastics they're friggin' awesome yeah but those are the kinds of things where totally. if you are successful at it, your fan base will care about it. Now, that doesn't mean they're all going to show up to watch it all the time, but they're still going to be supportive of it. So I think there's a better opportunity for women's football to succeed in college than it does outside of college. I I, I agree completely. Um, I think it would be successful. You know, I, how successful would it be? I'm not sure. You know, I I, I mean, it could rival the popularity of, women's, of softball, college softball. I, you know, I don't know. but um. I guess I wonder, like, the NFL has to toe this line between, like, we know our sport is not safe and and could, over the course of time, you know, be evolved out. Like that that's not a, that's not a stretch to say. So it's like this weird sort of they're trying to promote flag football as another means to play the sport and to perpetuate the sport, but it's this balance of like. You know how much do we promote it and and want people to play it while also realizing that that's deviating people from actually playing the sport where our 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 best butter. The other thing too is there is a flag football league that exists and they play like a tournament, a championship tournament on ESPN and like I 
there isn't a ton of interest in it. It's it, it's fun, and I've watched it. But I, I wonder, like, would women's flag football be on that level in terms of popularity, or would it be viewed from a completely different sphere? Like, it's a completely different entity. I kind of think, and I think the comparison would be almost to women's wrestling, which is kind of growing in, in popularity. And I say that with a a realistic shot understanding of like compared to where it was. Right. Like, I think it's two sports that are viewed as masculine male sports that women don't play, right? but that there are some very talented females and very athletic females who enjoy playing those sports, who enjoy playing something physical. I'm not saying that tennis and, and soccer and women's basketball aren't physical. They are physical, but it's a different type of physicality. I think there are women who enjoy playing um, sports of that nature. So I think that... I don't. I think it would take a long time to become something that would be very, very, very popular. Right. Like your championship game at best is played at seven a.m. on Saturday morning on ESPNU. But can it build to a point where people pay attention to it? It's at if it's at an NCAA level. I think so. Just like I think if women's wrestling comes to the NCAA level, because if there is from a professional Olympic style level that that exists, if that which because there are some who and I've, I've talked to a few people who are very interested in trying to make that a thing like i think it's kind of the same thing it's going to be slow to start with it's not going to be something everybody wants to do but if there are schools looking to add new sports seven on seven women's flag football and women's wrestling are a lot less expensive than some of the other sports that currently exist and if you're looking for cost cutting measures and there's enough evidence to show that adding sports is better than losing them but just finding ones that are less expensive yeah and look at the end of the day as a society it's important i think that like you open avenues for all people to to do things so like mm-hmm. it's just good for society you have a daughter you have another daughter on the way like it, it's cool that like 10 years ago today you can't if your daughter says i want to play football you can't be, uh, well you can't honey sorry like that'd be great when there's a day where you're like yeah you can't like yes you can you can, you can get a scholarship play at the division one level and Mm-hmm. Who knows beyond that? So like just as a society, it's good that we have more options available that so that it's you're basically not saying to your son or daughter, you can't do this because boys don't do that or girls don't do that. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Except, you know, they don't go to Baylor because that's not a good place for women to go. Um, <clears throat> or Liberty. Good Lord. Definitely Liberty. Yeah. Definitely Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> I love Baylor. But yeah, I I do like I appreciate certain things about Baylor, and I know it's not as bad as it was. But man, when religious universities have as many scandals to the level as they do, it's just that. Mm. Yeah. No, I, it's you, there's a common denominator here, and it's not the people doing it; it's the university. Anywho, um, let's stop bashing on Baylor. There might be one Baylor fan. I've lost my last Baylor fan with this one. The last one, like I'm never listening to this again. But that's fine. Um, wanted to wrap up on this, and 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 I ask from the lower, lower, lower case J journalism um, perspective myself, to someone who who does do this more for a living. Um, obviously, uh, again, going back to that comment of yeah, sports journalists don't want to see sports come back, um, which is still the stupidest take I've seen on social media, and there's a. Oh, the Twitter sphere is full of really, really, really asinine takes. Um, but I mean, we're seeing people, very, very talented yeah. people furloughed, um, lose jobs, uh, move on from where they are because 
without sports going on, what do you what do you write about? Like, there's there's less content available. People right. are having to get creative, but people aren't spending money on it. People aren't aren't reading it as much. I think there was a wave at first, but now it's like, okay, like even our shows, like the numbers yeah, are dipping. Media, I'm not I mean, yeah, like I mean, we mentioned Matt Brown. Matt like, Brown is doing the 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 email newsletter the way he is now because they got all got furloughed for like three months. So I'm curious as someone who, who does this for a living, like what is, what, how, how has this impacted you? And just like, what, what do you, like, what do people not understand from the side of someone who covers sports while there's just no sports to cover? So that's a great question. I'll, I'll start by saying there are a lot of horribly run media companies. So we could just start there. Yeah. I, I have worked for multiple horribly run media companies. I currently work for a really, really, really well-run media company, and that's SiriusXM, which is a media company in quotes, but they're not, they're not, I mean, I'm furloughed in quotes, but I'm like, I'm still getting paid my salary. And, and even though I'm not doing a live show right now, I'm, I'm hosting a daily podcast essentially. And like, they're, you know, they're continuing to try to push out content and good content. And it's all about content. When I say poorly run companies, what I mean is, and I get it. You're a company. You're 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 beholden to your shareholders, and that's all you're beholden to. Like I understand that. But at the same time, just wait for this ambulance to pass. <laughs> but at the same time, like it should be about the content. You should be about producing good content, and and that should be your objective. And for a lot of media companies, the objective is so much more bottom line driven than about producing good content to the point where they reduce their content load and they, you know, they're, they're getting content from other sources that are then, you know, it's like one person writes for 17 different publications because that's the way to cost cut. So it, it's like there just aren't many smart media companies that really care about their audience from a standpoint of continuing to commit to producing quality content by people that are producing quality content and that like that's me saying it because i've experienced that myself in places that i've worked i'm again like i said when i when i left my last job i'd never work for a radio company again because they're just they don't care about content a lot of them mo like nine times out of ten radio companies don't care about content now i, I worked for sirius and that's my primary employer and that's a really good company that really cares about good content cares about its employees and cares about the product that it's producing and there are very few companies that are like that and so I, I, I say all that to say, like, that's the number one thing that those companies that are bad companies were not prepared for this because they're poorly run companies anyways. So they, they, they were automatically looking to secure their bottom line. And they're even more so looking to do that now that there's sort of less, you know, it's not even about that there's nothing to write about or talk about. It's that there's it's, there, less people are, people are consuming it. Like the constant yeah. news cycle of sports means that people are constantly consuming it. Like you look at pot numbers everything's down for sports everybody wants to listen to covid stuff or you know murder mysteries i mean sports is just doubt listening habits and and consuming habits of sports is down so you know it, it it's it's funny because like friends of mine that i you know i live around or talk to it's like oh man it's gotta be so hard for you there's nothing to talk about with sports it's like that's literally all I can do. Like I have no discernible skills other than like talking, coming up with BS <laughs> things to talk about. Like that's all I can do is talk like, so that's no problem for me, but it's, it's, you know, we have on our show multiple producers. And so when you, you, you know, you have, we have two shows on big 12 radio. There's two shows on uh, two live shows on pack 12 radio, two live shows 
DC Radio 2 Live shows. So every show has two producers. So you start multiplying, and it's like all of these stations all have multiple producers, engineers. They're all in a studio in DC. So I do my show every day from my house. Like, that's perfect for social distancing. But it's the hundreds and thousands of employees at Sirius XM that have to go to a studio every day to do live show. That's why we can't do a live show right now. It's it's for them. So, like, I'm I I that's what sucks for me is not doing a live show every day because podcasts just not the same thing. It's just, it's not. And, you know, so that I think is the struggle of people don't want to consume sports content because there's no news cycle going on. And then you have a bunch of really bad companies that were bad and poorly run to begin with that are, you know, just hemorrhaging money. So they're, sh- and they, they were going to do that anyways, but they're just shedding salaries, getting rid of people. And there are a lot like, you know, and I'm not, I'm not calling out anybody, but like Banner Society for college sports, oh. that is, it's the pinnacle. These, these are the best, some of the best commentators, best writers, best podcasters. They're all there. And like, none of them are working mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's no. a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's, I, I always immediately am concerned for any site when a, it gets bought by someone who takes over companies to, Make them make more money efficient. and make, make be them more efficient. efficient. Yeah. Um, people basically people who who take over media companies who have no interest in media who just see it as a business. Um, because it's all about content. Like content is king here, folks, and it's always disappointing when it becomes more about bringing in people who have large Twitter followings over bringing in people who actually have something to say, not just can talk. Lots of people can talk. Right. Facebook's full of people who have <laughs> plenty of plenty of words to spew out. Sometimes correctly, some many times grammatically incorrectly. Um, but really smart people, the the journalists, the ones who can do the research, who are who are thoughtful right. and can provide context. Who visit with Those coaches, ones, who visit with athletic directors, administrators that have these conversations, that have sourcing, that know what's going on behind the scenes, that like do the work. I mean, it, it's. Yeah media company is a business, but it's also a social good. And, you know, that's kind of where the rubber meets the road for me when I say like, there's just a lot of poorly run media companies that only see the business side of it. And I get it. I, like, I get it. You're, you're beholden mm-hmm. to your shareholders, but there's also a social good side to what you're doing. And, you know, you mentioned Baylor, like there, there's a lot of things over the course of time that have happened in college athletics that don't get uncovered if there aren't sports journalists stooping around to uncover those stories. Absolutely. And, and that, is very very impactful beyond just you know the dick and fart jokes sometimes we talk you know about on uh, on sports talk shows you know like there's there's ah, a lot of impact <laughs> there's a lot of impactful things that, that can be do uh, can be going on so um you know it, it's i don't even really know what your question was but it was a good question and i think i answered I, it but i don't know if i did I, I, i'm sure i feel i feel good I like it was one I wanted to ask, but I also didn't want to spend like let's spend thirty minutes talking about slightly depressing and sad things. But I, I, I'll say this: if 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 you're a fan of places like Banner Nation or the people who work at SB Nation or whatever whatever local newspaper or whatever, support them. Support them. Like I understand that you got the milk for free for so long, so you really are annoyed that suddenly you have to pay for the cow. But folks, things are going digital. This stuff is expensive. Too many things like local papers are owned by four companies and they don't give a crap. They don't care about your town, about your t- your team. They don't care. The people who care are the ones who are working 
who are asking you to subscribe and pay 10 bucks a month so that you continue to get the information that you've been able to get for free and now you might have to pay for it and welcome to you know this great american economy that you all love whatever um, let me give you a great example just, of this real quickly you know because we we live in a society now where people can read a ton of information about the teams they love and therefore they believe they're clued in on everything going on with the team so like the dallas cowboys i cover i live in dallas i do the cowboys pre postgame show so like there's there was a story last year the year before i can't remember where it was like people were coming after me on twitter because well they read something different and it's like no no i was there i was in the locker room when it happened like and they they're telling me that they know what happened because they read about it or they you know they, there's innuendo from a third party and it's like i was there like and that's like the serious show that i do i don't get that kind of relationship on an individual level with these schools because i can't be in 10 different cities at once once like mm -hmm. you, you, you mm -hmm. have to cover a team you got to be there got to be a practice you got to be at media availability you got to be at games like i'd love to be able to do that with all the 10 programs in the big 12 i can't so i rely on get people that are there that, that can give me these insights the the people that are there every single day covering these teams they know what's going on they're talking to people you can't just watch games and react from afar you have to be there to get the full scoop of what's happening and the people that are there covering these teams, they know because they see it and they're there and they see the way the locker room interacts and they see the way the coaches interact and they see what's happening. The game is, it's funny because I realized this when I covered the Spurs when I was in San Antonio, the game is nothing. You, you go to the game, you can watch the game. You see everything else that's going on. You see how the coaches interact with the players. You see all the different things going on over the course of the game that you can't see on television. That's why you have to support local sports reporting because those guys are there covering the stories inside the locker room, knowing what's happening. Yep. No, I, I agree. Don't, don't confuse the people who are actually doing the work with people who have an opinion right. about it. Right. There's lots of people with opinions. Everyone's got an opinion. We all know what opinions are. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's not to, I have that, opinion. look, look, I, I, but it's like I said, I, I, why do I bring my show is, the whole purpose of my show is I bring on smarter people than me to talk about the things that I, I don't know. Like I always follow the policy of if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room or you just really <laughs> right. like to be the smartest guy in the room. I don't, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. That's boring. I mean, sure. For like 10 minutes, just for an ego boost. But after that, I want to go talk to smarter people who have things they can tell me. I don't know because that's fun and interesting. The to smartest me. people so, in the world know the things that they do not know. Yes. And it's, this is not to, to disparage bloggers or, or that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is it's no. all part of the discourse and you, you absolutely need the people that are there covering these teams that are picking up on all these things that are happening over the course of a season there to truly cover teams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. This has been a ton of fun. Um, went way longer than I thought it was going to, and I don't care because we're going to take next week off because, you know, we all need a mental health break now and then. You know, it just it is the way it is. And like you said, people just aren't digesting as much stuff. So I could sit here and keep working my tail off. But I think I'll take a, a podcast vacation. Uh, go read some children's books. Uh, ran a poll on our Twitter account, 1012 Podcast, T-E-N, number 12 word podcast. You guys said that we shouldn't do an episode that's not about the Big 12. It's my show. When we come back, I probably will because I don't have to actually listen to any of you. Um so Ari, uh, I, I think you have already agreed to come on the children's book draft. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I'm in. Parents, I think parents will appreciate. Yes. Zion, 
that you know, parents know, there's a difference between good children's books and the ter- awful terror. Just, just like your yes. child isn't going to like it. Like, yes. stop writing. Don't. Children aren't stupid. Don't write like they're stupid. Be clever. I have to read it. Make it rhyme or at least make it have good rhythm. Like if it's confusing to me, I don't want to look like an idiot in front of my 15-month-old. I know how to read unless you write it poorly. Well said, buddy. Well said. Thank you. I agree completely. Uh, so Ari, I, for I love what you guys, to... and I just wanted to tell you, I love what you do and what you guys are doing at the Land Grant Gauntlet at 1012. I listen to this podcast every week. So I appreciate oh. what you do and um, appreciate you asking me to come on, man. No, it's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, for everybody who wants to check out the the work you do covering the Big 12, as well as the Dallas Cowboys, if you'd like. Um, for those, I'm not a Dallas fan. I'm just going to, I'm sorry. I'm just going to be honest. Um, What's wrong with you? Matter, so. um, Grew up in Tulsa, I, right? Everybody though. Everybody, the the entire Big Twelve, unless you went to Kansas, Kansas State, or West Virginia, are big are Cowboys fans or should be. No, uh, my grandfather, or Iowa State, I guess, uh, was a giant Joe Montana fan uh, and grew up in Kansas City. So we are Chiefs and Niners fans, which is why this last Super Bowl was like the greatest sporting event of my NFL fandom. So I'm not like a diehard NFL, it's like whatever. It's I like fantasy football more than actual <laughs> NFL. But. but at Ari Sports on Twitter, um, and I do Cowboys videos on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Ari Sports and uh, on Sirius XM, Big 12 Radio. And we're doing uh, daily shows on Channel 375 for 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And hopefully we'll be back doing live shows soon. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good to have you back on the air. Uh, Ari, again, thank you very much, man. This was a pleasure. And uh, we will talk to you again sometime soon. Appreciate you, buddy. Be well. Podcast Network.